0: You're an all-star, get your game on, go play, hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid, and all is go on. only shooting stars break the mold. Welcome to another episode of the NRL Super Coach All-Stars Podcast, this is Barnsley, back again ahead of round 22 this week, and jeez, only one thing can really be said, and that's injury carnage, Yet again, it's... Been an unbelievable month of footy. I know that we've kind of said it every week for a few weeks now, but it really is. I don't remember seeing a season like it and hopefully, you know, you're unaffected. If you are relatively unaffected, I think you're going to have a really good finish to the season with a month to go. And I think a lot of head-to-head matchups and a lot of grand finals are going to be won just based on who's healthier rather than actually who's, you know, managed the season best with their trades and everything else just because there's been so much luck involved, I guess. Uh, This week we had Angus Crichton suspended for three weeks, which is huge. Also had Tom Lolo go down with a broken hand, which a few people still have hanging in their team from the bye period. I am one of them, so pretty unlucky. Um, And there's a few other things as well, like pods like Campbell Graham, who's still out with the HIA after a month off as well. So there's a lot of guys going down uh, and there has been for the last month also suspensions. People like Lodge, obviously, as well, gone with the suspension. Other people like James Fisher, Harrison, Tavita Panglar Jr., who have been held on to a lot of teams for a while to give them some depth and some underplay, have also been ruled out for personal reasons and, and different things as well. So, absolute carnage of a season, but that's continued for around 22. This week on the podcast, it's just going to be a solo one with Barnsley, myself, uh, and it's going to be a bit of a quicker one. Mainly going to go through a review of this round because I think the most important thing at this point is to have a look at the matchup and matchups and the reviews. Obviously, head-to-head finals are happening. That is huge, and obviously not many teams have a massive amount of trades left. So all of a sudden, you've, you've got a bit of a flip on the season where it becomes more important for your decision-making on who to captain, who to vice-captain, and who to start in a sit rather than who to trade in and trade out because trade in and trade out isn't an option for a lot of teams. I'd probably say if you've got two or more trades left, you're actually in a fantastic position, like probably a better position than the majority of coaches. And you wouldn't normally say that. You know, most years with a month left, you'd say, you know, two trades left. That's That's not that many. You probably should have more. Uh, this year. If you've got two trades left, you're absolutely flying, I reckon. Before we get into that, though, for this week's podcast, I do need to mention our fantastic partner, Top Sport. Great partner of the All-Stars podcast, and Top Sport is a 100% Australian-owned bookmaker. They are phenomenal with best odds in markets. so often. I know that you guys are probably sick of hearing about it, but it is 100% true. There's so many any-time and first-time try scorers, especially in NRL markets, that are so much better on Top Sport than any other bookie. So, other sports are great too, MLB is under, under full swing, that's one of my favourites at the moment too with the baseball, but if you are going to gamble, make sure that you do it responsibly, set yourself limits if you need to, but if you're happy to go for it and you want to have a punt with someone, make sure it is with Top Sport, use the promo code for this podcast, they'll make sure that you're taken well care of because you're one of our listeners and that. Promo code is SC stars or one word, open an account on Top Sport with SC All Stars today and I'll make sure that you're taken care of. Now let's get to it. Round twenty two. First game off the rank is Bomb vs Raiders. So this one is a little bit interesting in that there's a lot of V C and C options in this one, and I think that's the biggest thing with this game as far as takeaways go. Obvious ones are going to be uh, Munster, but Hughes is a bit of a pod VC for this one as well. He has shown this year that he can go big. Oh, I really like both those guys. One thing with Munster is that he's always traditionally been a better captain than what he has a VC. Uh, but playing against this Raiders side, like th- this Raiders side has improved lately, but they've improved against some of the poorer teams. They certainly haven't improved against the best teams in the competition. So... The Storm could very well put on a cricket score uh, against the Raiders, but, I mean, Munster's only had two tons this year. One of them was 100 versus South, so he only just scraped through. The other one was only a few weeks ago against Newcastle, though, where he scored 115 points. So, against this Raiders side, he hasn't actually played them before this for this season anyway. He was out for round 11, which means, you know, the two tons for this year, normally he has one bigger ton than what he's had so far. It has been a good season for Munster. 72-point average is actually his best average of his career. You know, his next best was last year at 70. So I think a lot of people would probably be surprised if he said this was his best season because it's kind of felt like he hasn't really done as much as other players have. Uh, And certainly, if you count in the extra scoring, maybe that's the case. But one thing with Munster is that he's been very consistent. That's not going to do anything for your VC or C options, but if you do think that he has a real big score in him and he has done that before, you know this might be the week that he does it. If not, next week versus Titans also looks pretty good for him. The pot options obviously going to be Hughes though. So Hughes has been outstanding. He's in a lot of teams. He's been carrying that calf injury, but I mean the last four, the last five round average is seventy five. The last three round average is seventy six. He's been phenomenal. He is someone who has managed to have a couple of VC loopable scores this year. 141 versus Warriors was very loopable in round seven. And even a 123 versus Tigers is borderline loopable. And what I will say with the loops is, at the moment, there's some teams with only 16 or 17 runners. So you're going to get a free loop a lot of the time anyway. If you've only got 18 or 19, you might have a half-decent... Uh, A.E. that's going to come in anyway. So all of a sudden, you know, normally under general standards, you're kind of wanting out of this Storm matchup, maybe 130 points score to loop uh, plus. Under these circumstances at the moment, I think a lot of teams are sort of going to be able to loop 110 plus, which really brings into the fold guys like Munster and Hughes a lot more. But Hughes is someone else who we didn't get to see play against Canberra in round 11, which is a bit unfortunate he's still averaging 68 points for the season uh, and he's got a much bigger ceiling than what Munster does this year, showing that with 141 points versus the Warriors. So I really like these guys to go well this week and, you know, this Canberra matchup's a really good one for them. Other than that, though, probably the only downside for looking at Hughes and Munster for this week as a VC or C option uh, is probably going to just be that it's a round where there's so many good matchups. So that's probably going to keep a lot of coaches off it. So, on the Raiders side of things, there isn't really a huge amount of options this week because, realistically, playing against the Storm is going to be pretty tough for them, like I said. Uh, Rapana has been the constant for them. He's ended up going really well the last month of footy that he's been playing fullback. So, pretty much from the last three rounds, he started at fullback. He's averaged 80 points a game, which is phenomenal. Uh, two out of those three, he scored a try. Three out of his last four, he scored a try. And that was after he had a a six-week drought without any tries. So certainly he's going a hell of a lot better at fullback. His base raw has been 36-point average, which is phenomenal. Um, And he's also really looked dangerous with the footy. Uh, He's certainly been very, very busy. His runs have been up. His tackle breaks have been up. Everything's been up for him. Being going phenomenal. It's his best season overall, even including his wing, Uh, since 2017. So, you know, he's having a good year. I would actually be considering sitting him this week. You know, if you believe that the Melbourne Storm are going to have a huge game and they're going to put a heap of points on them and win sort of 30-plus type of thing, they've done that to a lot of different teams so far. Uh, I would certainly consider sitting Rapana. I think that a lot of people probably have a lot of centre wings available. Um, You might want to consider even a guy that's... I'll probably right down the end of your pecking order like a, a Tarn Milne. Like, if you got Milne there from South, and you've just kept him as sort of a six centre wing just as a luxury in case you needed the depth because you've got injuries or suspensions or whatever, uh, I think that Milne, even I would start Milne over Rapana. And that's a bit of a pod move because I think a lot of people will gravitate towards playing Rapana because he's been going so well and he's a much bigger name. But against the Storm, you know, I, they don't concede a hell of a lot of points to opposing fullbacks. And he may struggle. Um, Having said that, you know, he's he's still put up solid scores uh, against good teams throughout the year and he's done that on the wing. I don't think he's going to have a bad score. Like, you could start him for the upside and I doubt that you're going to get like a sub 40 out of him. You're not going to get anything terrible because he just, he's making too many runs at fullback and he's getting too many TBs from that as well with his base attack. So, He's not a terrible start. Just something to consider if you do have the center wing depth. Uh, Other than that, this Canberra Raiders side really isn't looking too fantastic. CHN has completely died as an option, which is an absolute killer. Um, I'm seeing some people wondering whether they should be selling him or not. If you don't have anyone else to sell, it's totally fine to sell him. End up with 25-odd points on the weekend. I don't think he's going to do much better than that. Uh, And while he's being named on the bench, he's just a non-starter and a bit of an AE problem as well. So, if you need to trade someone and you don't have the cash, CHN's a great opportunity this week. Playing against the Storm, playing off the bench as an edge back rail with limited minutes and opportunity. There's no reason to hold him if you do have the trades or you do have to trade someone and you can't find the money. He's a prime candidate to get out. If you go with CHN or Cam Murray or something this week, you're going to be laughing. Just remember with guys like CHN, where maybe you know their opportunity is going to increase in the coming weeks. You know, Maybe he gets his starting job back in a couple of weeks. It's no good holding them at this point because you've only got a month of football left. So say he comes through in the second last round or even the last round and he ends up starting back on the edge. It's, it's one game that you're going to get him for. And the points differential, if you have to end up playing him for a game in the next couple of weeks off the bench versus what you're going to get back in that last round, you're going to be better off just selling him. You're going to make a lot more points doing that. So don't feel the need to hold on to them. Top sport better of the week. 100% I believe the Storm are going to drop Canberra. Uh, but if you're looking for a bit of a surer thing, uh, I do definitely like the top sport odds for around $1.60 to get the Melbourne Storm just to win and Josh Adokata score a try. That's pretty good. If you do want to take the line though, minus 24 points at $1.85, that's pretty good for the Storm. Uh, and I, I'd be considering taking that one too. So definitely a couple of really nice bets for this game. Not as many great super coach options though. This next game that we've got is the Panthers versus Dragons. This one's, you know, really, we should just cut to the chase and just talk about Cleary straight away. Cleary's named in the extended bench. Uh, It's good that it's the second game because people will know pretty early on in the round whether Cleary is actually going to play or not. Uh, It looks to me like he's not going to. Just through, I guess, common sense, if I was a coach, which I'm not, so I could end up being wrong, but they're playing the Dragons, They don't need to play Cleary this week to get the win. Uh, He is going to have to have off-season shoulder surgery anyway. So this is something that's really, really important to consider. Nathan Cleary is not going to be healthy for the rest of the season. Even when he comes back, he's not going to be healthy. So they're going to want to play him as less games as possible ready for the finals so he can peak for that finals period. I'm sure they're going to want to get some footy into him before the final start. They're not going to want that long a layoff if they can help it. But even when he comes back, he's going to be busted. So certainly against the Dragons this week, I don't see any need for them to, to bring him back. Round 23 next week against Souths, that, that, that makes more sense because the Rabbits are up there. They're a top four side. Uh, it's a big game for them. They might want to try and win that one to try and ha- have a shot at the minor premiership. This week against the Dragons, they're going to get the win anyway. So it doesn't make any sense to me why they're going to play him this week. I doubt very much that they will. There's a lot of teams out there in the Supercoach pages and various forums and so forth that have been talking for a few weeks about planning everything around getting Nathan Cleary back in. And I I I really, really think that it's a mistake. Uh, It's something me and Billy did talk about a few weeks ago. There's no point in planning around what might happen Uh, and losing points for three, four, five, six weeks. It may end up being that you save that trade and you put the money in your bank to use on Nathan Cleary trade-in. And you trade him in, you know, next week in round 23 and he ends up playing 65 minutes and then they rest him the next game and then he he gives you one more game at the end. You know, that's not going to be great value. The other thing that could happen is that you might be waiting until like round 25 and you might get him for the last week and that's not going to be worth it either, especially because I don't know any teams that I've seen that haven't had issues, whether it's suspensions, injuries, needing to play guys and aren't scoring well, you know, you're better off biting the bullet now. Forget about planning for Nathan Cleary. If you only got one or two trades left and you're really struggling for points, you need to use those trades to get your points now. This is not worth waiting on Cleary. And we've seen that example the last two weeks. So there's been multiple teams on Twitter that have come up and said, you know, I've got to do these trades this week because I'm banking the money, and next week I'm going to be doing Nathan Cleary. And that was two weeks ago. Like, you've been waiting to do that trade for a couple of weeks and having to play someone worse for that couple of weeks. So I I definitely wouldn't be sweating on Cleary coming back. Uh, I'd be planning to not have him, uh, and I I think that's the best move at the moment. For the rest of the Penrith options, though, um, big Billy kick out cost me so so many head-to-head wins last week, I tell you what. And he really hurt me. Really hurt me on the overall as well. Um, it's very hard to tell when to start kick out. And I I have him as sort of my sixth second row forward. I try not to start him unless it's sort of a a, a, a swing for a Hail Mary in a big head-to-head or unless he's playing a really poor edge. Last week against the Roosters, uh, I ended up choosing Satili Tupanua over him <laughs> off my bench to start and that was a horrendous mistake. Billy Kickow ended up with 93 points against the Roosters. Um, he had 47 base as well, which is actually his best base of the year. So that really hurt me as well. And Satili ended up with 17 points or whatever. So it was a massive failure. Um, but this week, Billy Kickow is actually playing someone good, um, a, a good edge for him to start against, and that's the Dragons. I would be very surprised if he doesn't get a try this week. Uh, we don't have him playing against the Dragons so far this year. This is the first game that Penrith will hit up the Dragons, but the Dragons' edge is very, very susceptible. So I really, really like kick out this week. Um, I'd also take into account the fact that they do have Capewell out. So one of their edges uh, is going to be gone anyway, and that's normally an 80-minute edge. So perhaps, uh, you know, someone like Liam Martin, maybe they won't want to put him at 80 minutes. Maybe they want to put extra minutes into kick out He might pick up extra there. But the last month of footy... Uh, Kiko's minutes have actually been really good better than most of the rest of the year the last two months when you look at it basically from the halfway point, round 12 he has played a huge amount of minutes compared to the first half of the season he's actually not played anything less than 62 minutes which was last week and he's played as much as 80 minutes, which has been um, really the two times that Penrith have been really short around the buy and the the post-buy round of 18. But he still managed like two weeks ago against the Storm to play 70, and three weeks ago against the Broncos to play 65. He's a much better option against a bad team if he's playing that sort of 65-plus range of minutes, because it gives him a lot more opportunity. I really like starting him this week against the Dragon's Edge. Uh, he's not a guy that you'd want to start too often, but this week against the Dragon's Edge... I think Billy Kikau will do really well. Certainly not a purchase, but definitely, definitely you've got to start him if you've got him. Uh, other than that, when you're looking at this Panthers side, the other interesting thing is whether there's any C or VC options because obviously they're playing a Dragon side that's pretty under strength, um, and they're a side that's giving up quite a few points and getting smashed a fair bit. You know, Penrith, even without Nathan Cleary, should do a bit of a job on them. So the question then comes up, yeah, who, who can we look at the VC and see? Real left field option for this week. Uh, Matt Burton went killer last week on the Roosters. He scored a massive 134 points. He was kicking some goals. Uh, He did score two tries in there as well. But in saying that, even if he lost his goal kicking, you know, he's still going to score a pretty reasonable ton. And he's a guy that now has uh, four tons for the year as well. So round 14, 108 versus Sharks. Round 11, 123 versus Souths. And round four. He went 107 versus Manly. So, got some good scores this year already in the ton range. He does have a lot more opportunity playing in the halves, and he seems to be running the ball a lot more the last couple of weeks. So, I actually really like it as a real pod option. Uh, you could go a VC for him and hope that he can replicate what he did last week. And certainly, you know, 120 plus, you could look at looping if you've got the right type of team around it. And and it's entirely possible it's the Dragons. So, He's he's a bit of a left-field option. Certainly, if you own him, you'd be salivating at starting him, though, with the form that he's in at the moment. He looks really, really good for a start against this Dragons side. Lastly, for this Panthers side, I'm going to throw up a draft option. So, this certainly isn't someone who I would look at um, buying for Classic, but for the drafters out there, Paul Momorowski starting at centre, and there's going to be a lot of leagues, if not most, where he's going to be available for you to get on waivers at the moment. Playing against the Dragons... Yeah, good chance at a try, but also I'll throw in there that he's a very good goal kicker, Uh, and with Cleary out, there may very well be a chance for him to take over the goal kicking. I do think he's a better goal kicker than Burton and Crichton, so if they do give him the goal kicking against the Dragons and they put up a cricket score, that's going to be good. Uh, But the other thing too is that, you know, he he came back last week, scored a try, uh, ended up with 54 points, and that was only 69 minutes, which was good. The other games where he scored a try before that, he scored 89 and 82 and 79 points, so if you think he's going to get a try, you know he's going to be a, a seventy plus special. And if he's goal kicking, a try in the goals that he could kick from this game could be a hundred plus special. And in in draft finals at the moment, that could be huge from his center wing from someone that you can pick up on waivers. So I, I really like uh, Momo for the for the win this week in the center wing stakes. If you're going to pick up one for waivers, it looks really good for draft. On the on the dragon side, look, there there really isn't much there. So I'm not even going to mention anything. I'm just going to go straight to the top spot, bet of the week. As you can guess, I'm I'm pretty big on the Penrith Panthers getting a win here. So for the Panthers to get the win, it's only a dollar fourteen. So obviously you can't take that. It is better than some of the other bookies at a dollar eight to a dollar twelve though, so there is that. Uh but what you can do, their line at the moment for the Panthers is minus eighteen and a half at a dollar ninety. You can pull that back to minus sixteen and a half and that's still gonna give you a dollar seventy-nine. I think that's a really good really good price for the Panthers to win by seventeen plus. Um someone all, all over that one. This next one is my favourite game of the week, the Broncos versus the Roosters. Now, it's not just because I'm a Roosters fan. It's just one of those games where there is just so many options in this one. It's it's a really good matchup for the Roosters. The Broncos are even more understrength. Under Again, they've lost another couple of players this week. Uh, the Roosters obviously you know, can't take a trick. They keep losing players too. One of the big things for the Roosters this week, though, is that Copley comes in, uh, and that's a big deal for a lot of reasons. One, it does push Joey Marno at centre. Uh, and the other thing as well is that it does mean that Sotili Tupanur won't remain at centre like he did last week. By all accounts, Satili only moved to centre last week because Copley came in and didn't get enough training with the Roosters and Robbo wanted him to have a week of full training before he went into the starting side, which makes a lot of sense. So both of these guys in Manu and Satili become interesting. Look, Manu, we've said before, when he's playing at centre, you really don't want to be starting him. Uh, when he's playing anywhere else, particularly at the wing, You'd love to be starting him, uh, and he's shown that again with some great scores. You know, Last week on the wing against Penrith, he managed to score 97 points with a try. And out of his last five games, only one of them has been at centre, and he's now scored for a try for five weeks in a row. That is the biggest stretch of his career. He's never gone five weeks in a row scoring a try. He's not a noted try scorer. So if you own him, congratulations. It's been absolutely huge bringing him in for that buy because he's killed it since then. Um, if you don't, he's probably too expensive to bother bringing in at the moment, but I will say that he does have the Broncos and Dragons the next two weeks. And this is a big thing for the Roosters. If you're looking at any Roosters options, they've been a bit up and down. They've got a lot of injuries, uh, and they're not going to win as well as what they perhaps were, you know, at the start of the season, just because of the personnel that they've got now. But this next month of football for them, is extremely good, and especially the next two weeks. The Roosters the next two weeks at the Broncos and Dragons games are going to score heaps in Supercoach. It, it's just a fantastic time to be owning and starting Roosters or purchasing them. They do have Souths in round 24, but again, we brought up an anomaly last week on the podcast when Luke was on. The Souths are a really good side, but because they're a really good side, people automatically think they're not going to give up points. Souths do, do leak like points. They give up points. Um, so, you know, you can not worry as much about that game as far as SuperCoach scoring compared to another top team like say the Storm. And the last game, they've got the Raiders. So you know if the Raiders are out of the finals at that point and they're not going to make it, and we'll know that by then probably, then you know that's that's a, an easier game as well for the Roosters. So it, it's a really good final month of footy. Really, the South game's hard, but they could still get points. But certainly in the next two weeks, you're going to be salivating about. So. You know, Joey Manu, when you look at when he played centre earlier in the year against the the Broncos, it was round 11 and he only scored 43 points. And that was classic Joey Manu. So I can see it going two ways. One way is that he's going to revert back to what he's been doing in his centre spot in his career. And that's not very Supercoach relevant. You can hope that he has a good game because the Broncos that he's up against are going to be pretty poor. uh, And that could happen. But that's basically how it's always been throughout his Supercoach career. Quite hit and miss. The alternative is that Trent Robertson's idea starting Manu in different spots this year, he started at six, he started at one, and he started on the wing as well, on the right-hand side, has not just been to fill gaps, it has also been about Joey Manu's development, where he's wanted to get him uh, developing more skills, and he's also wanted to get him specifically going into a more roaming role, which he tends to not do when he's at centre. He may very well bring that back to the centre spot now because he's been doing it really, really well for well over a month of footy. If he does that and he plays like he has been on the wing the last couple of weeks at centre and roams around and looks for the football, he's he's going to be a lot better than what he's ever been at centre. So certainly against the Broncos, he's a hundred percent starter. Uh, as far as buying though, it's quite risky because he is back at centre. That's the only thing. Speaking of risky, uh, so Teelu Tupanua. He obviously scored 17 points on the weekend, like I said. And a lot, uh, quite a few people probably got burned on him because they had to play him. This Broncos edge, though, you'd, you'd basically start anyone against this Broncos edge at the moment. Uh, they love giving up some points. The last time that he played the Broncos, he scored a try and he had 90 points. Uh, and next week, he's got the Dragons. The last time he played the Dragons edge, he scored 84 with a try too. One thing that Satili does... He scores tries against weak edges. You know, it's it's something that he does. It's part of the package with him. You, what's why you want to start him against weak edges. Now, there was a game two weeks ago where he only scored 48 points against the Eels with a try. That's a real outlier because if you have a look at all the other weeks that he scored a try, of which there has been uh, eight of them besides that week two weeks ago, throughout those eight weeks, uh, he's managed to score at least 70 plus points in all and with a try. And really, the majority of them are 80 plus. So, you know, ordinarily, you know, 80%, 90% of the time, if he gets a try, he's going 80, 85 plus on the score sheet for Supercoach. So if you think that he's going to go over against the Broncos, you know, he's a fantastic start because he's going to get you a really good score in that second secondary fourth spot and he's going to do it as a pod. I will say, you know, he, d- he scored a double um, against the Knights and he managed 125 points and that was only three weeks ago. So that's that's entirely possible versus Bronco's edge as well. And he could be like a 125-point type of player if he hits that ceiling that he does have with a double. So Bronco's edge, certainly be starting him. Obviously, he's not a buy, but he's probably going to turn a lot of people off from the last couple of weeks. Scoring 17 last week, but he was at the center spot. And he was playing against the Panthers in a tougher game, uh, and two weeks ago it was a, a you know reasonably tough game against Paris still, and he only scored forty eight with a try, and a lot of people will be turned off by that. But the three weeks before that, when he was scoring tries, if you discount the last two, he went one twenty five, seventy one, and eighty, you know, and that was all against weak edges, uh, weak opposition as well. So. Five-round average of 68, three-round average of 63, but that includes the 17. If you take out the 17, you know, he's more like a 75 pluser over that five-round period. So, definitely a big starter this week. I'd be excited to start him. The guy that's a real good purchase and also a VC&C option, though, is, you know, needs no introduction, James Tedesco. If you don't own Teddy this week, you know, we spoke about people that were waiting on Nathan Cleary. Um, there's also been people that have been waiting on a Pappenhausen and they've wanted him in. I would not be waiting on getting a Pappenhausen in anymore if you have him there or you have a placeholder like an Alex Johnston that you can move to your centre wing or a Nico Hines that you can move to your centre wing. James Tedesco is a prime purchase candidate this week. I've already spoken about the Roosters draw the last month, but certainly the last two weeks. And you know, Teddy is still averaging 83 points a game and you can get him for less than 700k it's a pretty good purchase for you to make. 100% I would be doing it because this week he is a great VC or C option, especially Uh, his fourth best score ever was against the Broncos. So that's something to take into account too. And that was only last year. this same time last year, towards the end of the season, James Tedesco managed to score 176 points versus the Broncos. He can very much do that again. I am shit scared not to earn James Tedesco this week because I am really, really really worried that he's going to go towards his high score last year of 176 versus the Broncos. But even if you just have a look at uh, what he did the last game earlier this season, he still managed to put 97 points on the Broncos and that's still a decent captaincy score, although not a good VC score. Uh, If you have a look at the year two, I've said this many times, but he now has a much better season than what people give him credit for, but he now has three weeks, which are extremely loopable. 162, 131, and 146. Uh, And he's also got another two tons there as well. So he's still got five tons out of his 16 games. He's still doing that a third of the time. He's still got a three-round average of 102. So he's certainly going well at the moment. I thought he played pretty bad on the weekend against Prendith in real life, but in Supercoach, he still managed to score 92 points. Against the Broncos, so worried about not owning him. I wish I had a trade to get him in if you've got him get a VC or C on him. If you don't have him and you have one fullback at the moment, go out and buy him. Use one of your trades to do it. You'll you'll be really, really happy with the results. Bit of a controversial sit-start one here now. Takeaho, he is on the bench for a lot of teams at the moment. And look, TKO has been on the bench. He's been in and out of the side. He's had injuries. There's been rumours of some um, fallout and discipline issues and stuff. But at the end of the day, he just he hasn't been getting the minutes. Uh, now, the last two weeks, he's only got 44 and 36 minutes, but he only returned two weeks ago from injury. On the weekend, he scored 47 points in 44 minutes, and that was his first game really uh, starting for over a month of footy. Now, this week's a bit different. Against the Broncos, the Roosters are rolling out. Uh, Isaac Liu starting at prop alongside Takiarho starting at prop again. And Jared William Hargraves is out. Now, Fletcher Baker is the only legitimate prop on the bench, and there is one bench utility in Adrian Adrian Lamb's son, I should say, Lachlan Lamb, not Adrian Lamb. He'd be a bit old for it. But with only one bench utility and one legit prop in Fletcher Baker, um, it does point to the fact that Tico could do big minutes. Uh, The other thing, too, is that Fletcher Baker is is young. Uh, He hasn't got a lot of first grade experience, and he's only played more than 40 plus minutes once in his career. So he's not a guy that's going to play big minutes. In fact, most of the time, he's still only going to play 30-odd minutes, even at the moment when the Roosters actually need a big middle. So TKO has been playing 40s for you know most of the season since the halfway mark. At the start of the year, in the first five weeks of the season, he was averaging close to 70 minutes a game. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes 65-plus minutes this week. If he does that, he is he's going to go 65-plus in his points. And at prop... That's pretty good at the moment for your front row forward super coach slot. So other thing with the Broncos, they, much like the Parramatta Eels, do give up points to middles uh, quite a bit. Um, he is a guy that can occasionally hit some some scoring stats. Uh, he hasn't got a try yet this year. So when we're having a look at uh, Billy's favourite stat of which, which front row forwards don't have a try yet, you know, TKO needs to go over to get one on the sheet this year. And against the Broncos middle, that's quite susceptible to scoring, and also with some increased minutes and opportunity this week, he might be a real pod start. So I'm actually going to start him this week. Uh, he's not Nothing has been good enough the last couple of months to warrant it, but uh, certainly everything's aligning, in particular with Jared out, where I think that he's a pretty reasonable start and a pod start for this week as well. Now, to finish up on the Roosters, I'm going to throw a huge big balls pod out there. This is a guy that is 0% owned. Nobody is going to be getting him. If you can get him in draft, grab him in draft. But uh, it's it's certainly a bit of a riskier one. And that's Nat Butcher. Now, I bring that Butcher up because, especially if you're an Angus owner, one of the things that you can do is trade out some deadwood. Whether you've got like a a Ben Travojevic in your back row forward and, you, and you've got some, some bank there. Or maybe you've got like a Palacio at the Broncos who's 280K and is injured now anyway. You can get rid of him. Um, there's certainly some guys in your second row forward that you're not going to want to use. Nat Butcher, if you've got Angus Crichton, is a great handcuff. And what I mean by handcuff is that his value is going to be large while Angus is out. And when Angus comes back, Angus is going to have the value. So you can kind of get the value out of Nat Butcher now uh, while Angus is out. And as soon as Angus returns, you're not actually going to lose anything that Butcher's going out because you're going to have Angus coming into your side. And that's going to be for round 25. The other thing that it allows you to do, and I've spoken to a few coaches about this, it allows you to keep depth. Uh, so, you know, ordinarily, you wouldn't hold an Angus Crichton for one game. But at the moment, there's that many teams that have a you know, Tohu Harris or some of these plebs that are in their second row that are just not going to play again, you may as well get one game than zero games out of that spot. So you're better off holding an Angus just for the depth for later on and, and certainly not trading a CHN who's very tradable because at least he's something if you get with, you know, multiple injuries in the background, you don't have the trades. You're better off trading out someone that's not going to play at all. So you can do that to a Nat Butcher because Nat Butcher's only 371000 And playing an Angus Crichton in the last week, uh, you know, grand final week, having an Angus Crichton is going to be a massive pod move because only those with no trades are going to really have him. A lot of people are going to trade him out. It's an interesting strategy. Uh, It's one that could pay off. Nat Butcher last week played 80 minutes on the edge against Penrith and he scored 59 points. Uh, He ended up playing around 18 on an edge as well, uh, but only played 41 minutes, so he can't take much out of that but he does have some poorer scores this year that people might look at, like round 12 against Canberra. He only had 32 points in 74 minutes. That's a bit of an outlier though. Uh, round nine versus Power, 80 minute game on the edge, starting 80 points. Um, and then realistically, you know, when he's playing 70 plus minutes, he's been good in the past on the edge and he's gotten some really, really good scores. So certainly if you go back to last year, if you have a look at his edge games last year as well, when he was starting on big minutes, uh, uh, and we're looking at 80 minutes here, 75 points, 98 points, and only one of those was actually with a try. Um, and when you're having a look at the season before, it reads very similar where he's he's very good for a 70-plus when he's been on the edge getting 80 minutes. Uh, he's got a very good PPM. He's quite a good player. 370K is going to be value uh, and certainly going to be cheap enough for you to not have to sacrifice someone that's going to give you minutes. I've already spoken about the Rooster's edges they play in the next two weeks. He's good regardless. But if he's playing the Dragons and the Broncos edge this week, uh, the next two weeks look pretty good for him to be a starter. So you you're not gonna really lose anything getting um a butcher in compared to some of the other more fancied guys that you that you've got an option to, uh, especially if you can't spend the money on like a Cam Murray, which is a premium option. So Certainly like it as a pod move. It is a bit of a risky one, but all the numbers and stats say that when Butcher's starting on an edge and he's playing big minutes, he's going to perform and he's got that job until Angus comes back. So if you've got Angus, I think it works out perfect. You know, getting that Butcher in for someone who's not playing and not going to give you anything for the rest of the year, hold Angus, play Angus the last round. I love it as a strategy. Another draft shout out. Dale Copley. Not not the best option. You sh- certainly don't want to be buying him in classic at the moment, uh, although he might score some tries the next couple of weeks. But for draft, he's going to be available everywhere, right? He's the Roosters right-hand winger this week, and he's going to be on that right side probably for the rest of the year, I would say. Uh, so throughout... The, the finals for draft teams. He could be really huge in your centre wing. His third highest score ever is only 92 points. Still decent, though, and that's against the Broncos. He's obviously playing the side that just released him as well. So, a bit of motivation there uh, on the right-hand side, preferred by the Roosters. I think he's a great draft option for this week, actually, to throw in your centre wing. Top spot bet of the week. Can I just mention as well, with this bet, James Tedesco hasn't scored since round four. So, if you consider that he's got three tonnes... In that period and still hasn't scored a try that is huge for him but that's like the biggest drought of his career not to have a try since round four so two dollars and three cents at the moment on top sport for any time try against the broncos he'd love to give up tries to opposing fullbacks absolutely love this one i'm, I'm all over it i reckon two dollars three is fantastic odds the line at a dollar 95 is actually minus 14 points at the moment too love that one as well uh teddy Tupou and Roosters 13 plus is a great multi too, which I'm going to get all over as well. Uh, The Broncos might play hard. The Roosters might not get the the 50 point win that they've gotten in the past against the Broncos, but I'm still pretty comfortable they're going to put on 30 plus points against them and that they're still going to win pretty well. Um, So I quite like those ones. This next game, we've got the Rabbits versus Titans. Uh, Let's start off with the Titans. I'm just going to talk about Fafida. So a lot of people are getting a bit wary about Fafida. Um, he's been named on the bench this week. He isn't just going to get switched late. He's actually named on the bench. So you know that he's only going to come on with around 15 minutes left in that first half. Absolutely sucks in many ways. I'm not going to, you know, Luke's not on the podcast this week, so you're not going to get his rant from last week all over again. But I wouldn't be worried about playing him against South. Uh, I know, you know, it sounds silly that, you know, oh, you know, he's the best second-row forward option in Supercoach. Of course, you can play him. South's a good side. You know, I've seen some teams just quietly go, oh, I'm not real sure how well it'll go this week. A lot of people are forgetting. Round 7 versus South, he he scored 153 points. That's his career high. Scored a hat-trick, 153. South will give up points. He is a low-key uh, dark horse for a VC, even still. The Titans need to win games. Souths are in good form, but they're giving up points. And Especially after that first 20 minutes, you know, feeder could come on and he could really hurt that edge for South Sydney. So I, I like him to score a try this week. Uh, and I think that he's definitely a great option every week for a VC with how he plays. Even if he is coming off the bench, he's still going to be a a good point scorer in your second row forward. So I wouldn't worry about him too much. South Sydney's obviously got a lot more options. Uh, And when we're talking about purchases, you know, we've obviously got a lot of second row forwards that are out at the moment. Lolo's gone down with a broken hand. Angus has gone until around 25. Uh, CHN is on the bench and he's now a dud. There's a lot of second row forwards looking at being traded out. And aside from Fafita, there isn't really any outstanding choices, except for this bloke, Cam Murray. I'm still surprised at the hesitancy of teams to look at Cam Murray. He's having a career year at 72 points a game, up from his best in 2019 at 69 points a game, and he is absolutely carving it up in the second half of the season. He has a five round average of 95, a three round average of 99, and he's averaging 51 points in pure base without his base attack, which is good. And he hasn't scored below 86 points in five rounds. Since round 15, 91, 86, 87, 117, 92. You can say that he's he's been scoring tries, but he scored tries for a month straight. Four games in a row, he's got a try. And it's not a coincidence that those tries against uh, poorer edges, poorer middles, poorer opposition. Gold Coast Titans, fantastic matchup for him this week. If you're going to buy him, do it this week. Uh, You'd rather do that than get him next week against Penrith. Uh, And he finishes off with the Roosters, who are going as strong now. Um, We just had kick out tear up their edge. Uh and the Dragons in the final game is a is a massive game for Kier Murray. He is the premium second row forward option for you to get if you need to trade out a Lolo or an Angus. He's the guy to get unless you don't have Fafita. Uh so certainly get all over him. I really like him this week. I'm sure that he's gonna go eighty plus again uh versus Gold Coast Titans edge. When we're looking at V C and C options, um I do I will say that I do think Latrell Mitchell will will, will carve this week. Um he's just not getting the biggest scores, though, that he could get. Um, certainly, he got 123 two weeks ago and 108 in round 19. But he has a lot of games, like on the weekend against power. He just looked like he did more and still only scored 64 points. Uh, against the Broncos in round 15, he was primed for a big game, had a couple of try assists and still only got 71 he tends to do that quite a bit. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he throws up his best score of the year still this week against the Gold Coast Titans. Um, didn't get to play him in round seven, but has gone well against them in the past. Top score of 118 against them. But I just think the Cody Walker's in, in better touch and probably getting a little bit more of the attacking stats than what Mitchell is at the moment. So... He's a great VC option, but I also think that he's a really good C option. Uh, He's now got a three-round average of 108 points, Cody Walker, and a five-round average of 107 points. If you captain him basically every week post the first buy, so halfway point of the season, you've got nothing less than 76 points, and you've gotten up to 151 points and three tons in that eight games as well. So you would have done really well. Um, He's a great option this week versus the Titans. He's not going to be the two weeks after that. So VC would be a lot safer, uh, but you know, C could be a really good option this week. I'd certainly look at a VC if you've got like a 17 or 18 player base that you're working with and you know that you're going to get the score regardless. You know, you may as well get the, the free loop and look at sort of 100 plus for him. You might be able to loop, uh, but I'd be very surprised if he's not going at least 90 plus. Versus Titans, uh, I think he could go very, very well. So really good VC and C option this week, Cody Walker. Now, before we finish on South, I just have to give a shout out. Uh, I I don't know if people should be buying this guy, but he, he needs to be mentioned because Josh Mansour had like 138 points at half time against Parramatta last week. Ended up on 171 points. I only had the two tries with that, but I think he had four line breaks as well. Uh, he was just getting the line breaks and the tries and uh, try assist as well in there. He, 138 points at time was ridiculous. He's never done that before in his life. Uh, last three rounds, because of that score, he's got a three round of 110. But even his last five rounds, he's an 84, 84 average. And he's gone 171, 70 and 89 since he's come back into this side. Playing the Gold Coast Titans, it would be very hard when he scored five tries in his last three games to say that he's not going to score a try um 585,000 yeah he could be more expensive um his base the last two weeks has been better than what it has all year at 41 and 31 in raw base that's the best he's done in his starts nine starts this year so look he's a pod purchase you just want to make sure that you're not chasing last week's points um, certainly the the two weeks prior and 89 you know, are much more attainable for him and he should score a try this week i would just be a little bit hesitant um, when you're looking at the fact that Campbell Graham could come back into that side next week. We just, we don't know when he's going to return from his HIA, which is frustrating. But, you know, Josh Mansour could be the, the odd man out when that happens. But next week, they've also got the Panthers, which is a bit of a revenge game for Mansour, but not necessarily one that he could score well in. Uh, the Roosters isn't that easy either in round 24. So I don't think he's a great purchase, basically, but he deserves a shout out. 171 points last week was absolute madness. This game here, I think, is going to be quite entertaining. I think we're going to see quite a few points scored in this one. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I don't, I really don't know whether South will put a cricket score on them, but the minus seventeen and a half is the line at a dollar That's not too bad. I don't think it's as strong as some of the other top sport bets of the week, but for the top sport, you know, that's that's one of the better lines that you're going to find around the other bookmakers. Cowboys Tigers is our next one on Saturday. This one has a a few really interesting options as well. As far as the purchase options go, though, Val Holmes returned last week. Uh, I didn't think that he was going to score very well because the the Cowboys just weren't looking very good. And then he ended up getting that try in that second half, which really helped his score. Ended up on 87 points. Uh, That's great. If he didn't score that try, it wouldn't have been as good. He only had a 24 base, but it is his first game back. He's only 559,000. A lot of teams need a centre wing still. A lot of teams still have Brian Toto sitting there. Uh, playing the West Tigers this week, he is a premium option for sure. Playing up in Queensland as well. Uh, I really like him as a purchase. He does have a, a, a his career best season at the moment at 69 points a game. A lot of that 69-point average is being forgotten at the moment because... Uh, his final game before he went in went off injured was uh, and into origin camp was a 35 point score which put a lot of people off and before that in round 15 he had 66 and 42 in round 14. He didn't really come out of that midway point from that round 13 by and set the world on fire. He had a 3 round average of under 60 points and then he went off injured for uh, or origin duty plus injury missing uh, 4 games. So not great uh, but He showed from when he moved to fullback in round three that he's going to be a premium centre wing option, and there isn't that many consistent ones. The Tigers, Eels and Dragons the next few weeks, you know, that's not the the worst draw in the world for the Cowboys. Certainly not for Val at fullback. Manly last round, that's not great. Uh, If they're out of it as well, Manly couldn't really smash him. But this week in particular, if you need a centre wing, you know, Val Holmes is definitely an option. The Tigers have a lot more options. Actually, before I get there, I'm just going to throw out there that uh, what a massive fail Murray Talagi, Talagi was as far as a, a sub-250k buy if you need a, a bit of a big balls pod centre wing. He came in, scored 17 points, got a HIA, and he's now out. So <laughs> I'll put my head up for that one. I never said he was going to be a fantastic buy. It was just, you know, for that price range, if you really had to throw somebody in just to play, he might have got some tries, but he's not even going to be playing now, maybe for a couple of weeks. So what a dud he was. Uh, but m who I mentioned last week, uh, he's a little bit better. He's got 54 points against the, the dogs on the weekend. When you consider that you would have bought him for 255,000, that wasn't that bad. If you managed to downgrade him from a tire and use that money elsewhere to buy a gun in your forward pack or wherever you needed one, you know it, it's not too bad. Draft option, again, he's going to be a premium one, but he's now scored 82 and 54 points the last two weeks since he went to fullback. So, you know, he's not a great great classic buy option at all. I'm not saying that. For draft, you should be getting him in, though. Um, And for sub-300k price range, he's really one of the only more reliable ones that you could put in there with a good draw at the moment. Obviously, uh, Nofo did not go well on the weekend at all for us. He ended up with uh, 20 points. Now, I wouldn't well, actually, he updated to 29 points, I should say. still had four offloads last week, so he's still doing it, but didn't get the try that we are hoping for against that Bulldog side. I would not at all be tempted to bench him this week against the Cowboys, though. 100% I'd be playing him. He scored a try against him in around five for 76 points, and that was also at the start of the year when his base and base attack was lower than what it has been the last couple of months of footy, so... I, uh, I'd i be comfortable that Nofo is going to go 75 plus this week. I know I thought that last week, but, you know, because he didn't do it last week, I think the odds are that he's he's going to score this week because he has, you know, since round nine when he started scoring tries again, there's only been one point that he's missed a try for two weeks in a row, and that was round 13 to 14. Every other time, he's either gotten consecutive weeks of tries or missed one week and then gone on his try scoring again. So he didn't score a try last week, I reckon it's coming against the Cows this week. Really like him as a play. Put the last week out of your mind. Any centre wing can have a really poor score. Before that 29, he still went 73-68-80. Uh, he's still on that real good Dewey side for the pass to to get the cut out and the line break try. So, like it against the Cows this week. They're not going to have Tom Alolo either, obviously. Other than that, obviously, my man Dewey is a guy to mention for the VCC. Uh, we had him down last week as a as a C option for you. and. Look, 86 points. It was nothing to sneeze at. Uh, he only had the one try assist, and it was off a kick, and still managed 86 points. He had four offloads, a few tackle breaks as well. He ran the ball like 20 times. You know, he's he scores in so many ways. Um, and now since round 16, when he's come back into the fold, he hasn't scored below 80 80 points. So he's a captaincy option every single week. Certainly, versus Cowes this week, goal-kicking, I I think that he's a a decent C option. Uh, Certainly, you could VC him, and there's someone like Ponga at the end of the round in the last game, so that could work out quite well. But five-round average of 103, three-round of 88. You cannot go wrong with Adam Dewey. He's still killing it, and he's still not getting purchased as much as what he should be at the moment. Dirty draft option for this game. Don't buy him in Classic. Please don't do it. But (laughs) Cohen Hess is available in a lot of draft leagues at the moment. Started at 13 last week with 54 points, uh, 52 of that was raw base, which is really nice. He's obviously got that Tom Lolo role at 13 from last week. And, and Tom Lolo's gone as well, um, and that's important because someone like Lukey starting on the edge, maybe they won't want to give him 80 minutes, um, maybe they won't want to give Condon 80 minutes, um, so they might bring one of the, the forwards on, on that edge to, to spell one of those guys instead of 13 maybe he gets more minutes. You know, there's a lot of maybes there, but he's going to play 55-plus minutes regardless in that uh, lock forward role. And playing against the Tigers middle, that's pretty good. The week after that, he's actually got the power middle, which which gives up a lot of points too, and then the Dragons middle. So, Cohen Hess has a draft option just to pick him up on waivers. Not a bad one. If you need a second row forward at the moment, um, he's a pretty good one for that. Just don't make make sure you don't buy him in classic because he's going to disappoint you quite a bit, like he always does. Top sport better the week. Uh, I... I was going to say that I can't believe how much value the Tigers are getting to win games, but then I remembered a couple of weeks ago they lost to the Bulldogs. So I guess losses like that are why they keep giving really good value. $1.62 they've opened up out on top sport to beat the Cowboys. Remember, the Cowboys don't have Tomalolo, so So $1.62 for the Tigers, I really like it. Uh, and I'm I'm all over that at $1.62 just for them to win. But if you also wanted to look at uh, a no-for-lima try, uh, he's playing really well as, as well, considering the sort of try scoring form that he's been in. $1.70 still for him. Uh, and if you went for both, you're going to get about $2.65 for a no-foe try and also for the Tigers win, which is fantastic value. Next game is Manly versus Parramatta. Parramatta have started their slide. they giving up a lot of points lately, so certainly looks good for Turbo. Uh, There was people last week that still held strong with Turbo and they were definitely rewarded. Ended up scoring really well despite the the hard matchup and a lot of people were scared off from that as well. So against the Storm, he still scored 87 points. It was around where the, the best scores, you know, there wasn't any real big tons. So 87 to 100 was kind of the range of most of the captaincy options that people went for. That's not too bad at all. Against the Eels in round 11 when the Eels were actually playing a lot better and a more definitive top four side, he scored 159 points anyway. And that was only with one try too. So there is a very, very big case to say that Turbo C, with the Eels slide, with what he did to the Eels in round 11 and how he's been scoring, is a very big play. His captaincy dropped off last week. It would be fantastic if his captaincy dropped off again. Uh, he's still not going to be a pod captain, though I still would say that he's going to be the, the most heavily captained. But if he goes anywhere near repeating what he did in round 11, he might be the best captaincy option of the round still. One of the things uh, with this Manly side is that they do have guys like Ruben Garrick there who can be up and down if if Manly don't score a lot of points. Parra's been conceding a lot of points now, so I wouldn't be too worried about having to start those guys. I would be a little bit worried about DCE, um, so, but I don't think many teams are going to have much choice there anyway. Turbo's are going to go great guns though for Manly. The Eels are a lot more interesting to talk about in this matchup. They've obviously had quite the slide going on uh, and it's been in the media quite a bit. Ryan Madison um, and Junior Paulo and IPAP are three of the forwards that people are starting or potentially starting um, that yeah, probably haven't been going as well as what you would have liked the last few weeks. Certainly, Paulo got some extra minutes last week, but still didn't score. Great, um, Madison has been solid with 64, 56, and 72. He's thus three, but not spectacular. Um, still got a three-round average of 64, though. I'd certainly play Madison. Um, someone like Junior Paulo, you, you might want to try and avoid. But there is some interesting stats with Manly, uh, and these stats are actually a few weeks old, so you know they're not as up to date as what I would have liked. But you know, looking at it a few weeks ago. Manly's right-hand right hand edge and middle, uh, as far as the top six teams, they conceded more points there than, than anyone else uh, when you're looking at the top half a dozen teams. Even if you look at the top eight, um, and there's a couple of teams at the end of the top eight that are in and out of it, the only other sides that rank worse or close to the same as what Manly do on that middle and right-hand uh, edge points conceded are teams that are outside of the eight anyway or aren't, aren't very good. So that is something to consider when you're looking at these eels players. I guess the big thing is will they bounce back? I tend to think that with all the media and everything, uh, all the pressure on Brad Arthur and the Clint Gutherson contract saga and all that stuff, I, I tend to think that they will. You know, I, I don't say I'm not saying that they're going to beat Manly this week, but I think that you'll get a lot better performance. Uh, I'm going to bench Sevo if I can. Uh, he's been playing absolutely terrible. Against this manly side, he'll probably end up scoring 100 because I'll bench him. Um, But it's one of those hard ones, you know. And there's a lot of times when I talk to people that say, Oh, you know, Barnsley, what's your advice on this? And I don't actually say, Look, this is my answer, do this, because a lot of the time there just isn't a black and white answer. I don't think that anyone can predict how Parramatta is going to go this week. Um, I'm probably going to play most of my power plays, if not all of them. IPAP is playing a prop. I think that's going to be good for him against this manly side. Um, But How this game goes, who knows? I think the only definitive answer here is that Trevojevic will carve up. Probably not 159 points like last game, but he will. Uh, And then starting guys like Ryan Madison, I I think Madison's the safest forward to start along with Ipap. Uh, And if you had to start Paulo, you're going to have to just cross your fingers. It's going to be a tough one at front row forward, though, because most people don't have other... But I'd say what you could take solace in is the fact that the last three weeks, uh, Paulo has played 60, 67 and 56 minutes. So certainly with Cam- Ryan, uh, for, certainly with Regan Campbell-Gillard gone, uh, he's been averaging sixty-three and a half minutes a game. That's really, really good for Paulo. It's normally money time in the two weeks before he went 71 and 60. So I don't think you're going to get a bad score out of him like you might have before the last few weeks. So he's not a terrible player at all. Uh, as far as the match goes, geez, I'm actually really looking forward to this one. I know para haven't been playing really in the best footy. Um, but I I tend to think that they are gonna bounce back a little bit. Uh so as far as the lines go, you know, para's plus fourteen and a half at a dollar eighty on top spot. I know that people might think that's insane. I actually think it's decent value for the bounce back. So I'm gonna take para at plus fourteen and a half at a dollar eighty. and you can get some really good um Really good money for tries as well in this one. So, certainly, if you think that is going to continue on his form, he's $1.60, which is really nice. Ruben Garrick's $1.70, which is decent value. If you're looking at really, really big value, though, uh, Mike Sivo has not been playing well lately. He's not been scoring as many tries as what he normally does. So, because of that, he's ballooned out to $2.17. That's huge value for Sevo if you think that they're going to put up points. Uh, And I will say with Gutherson as well, He's under huge pressure at the moment uh, with his contract saga, uh, but he's also going to be playing the club that he left as well in the, the Manly side. Uh, he's paying almost $3 for a try any time, uh, and he was a try-scoring freak for much of the year. So really good value there for some riskier options. Next game is not quite as exciting, the Warriors and canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Uh, look, on the Warriors side, it's great that Fenwell Blake's black, back, he's going to be a, an immediate start, uh, he's probably going to rip into this Canterbury side and play some decent minutes hopefully, so he's a great one um, but other than that, on the Warriors side, obviously Aiken, we've mentioned quite a bit, he's starting in second row again, he was my favourite pod purchase for centre wings in Supercoach two weeks ago, he is a massive purchase now, He he just keeps on playing well He's going to get good points as long as he's a second rower and he is at the moment. Spoken about his stats enough in the past couple of weeks, so I'm not going to go over it all again. Aiken is still one of the best pod purchases that you can make though. And on the Canary Bankstown Bulldogs side, they've got the loan deal that's gone through with Ryan James coming in and Horsburgh. The reason why that might be relevant there is going to be some teams that maybe have Ryan James there who could have ended up being an AE nightmare if he went onto the bench for Canberra. Uh, there's also going to be some teams that might be short of prop now as well uh, and need a front row forward to start or even just a reserve. James as a starter uh, might actually give you half-decent points there. But I am going to throw out a bit of a dirty draft option. Uh, Corey Horsborough is on the bench. Horsburgh will is one of those guys that would be chomping in the on chomping the bit to get minutes. You know, he would just be... Crazy for minutes right now, so he probably loved the fact that he's gone over to the Bulldogs to get a few minutes uh, on that bench. Uh, he's he's one of the few good middles that are going to be there coming on. They got guys like Stimson and also uh, guys like Katoa to go into Hooker. Um, he he was coming off the bench scoring half decent before, as it was. Now he was averaging 54 points a game in 38 minutes in his six games that he played this year before falling out of the team. He's a great draft option. You know, second row forward, I reckon he'll get more than 38 minutes. I reckon he's probably going to be looking at 45 plus and And that could end up being 60 points a game if he really comes out and fires uh, for this Canterbury side. So, you know, the horse is a draft option. If you're really desperate for a second row forward, you know, he's not going to be one that many people are looking at. You're probably getting pretty easy on, on waivers or even as a free agent later on in the week. But for this game itself, not a lot of options, guys. Let's go straight to the top sport bed of the week. Warriors are dollar thirty five. Which is a is a little bit of a hard bet to take. Uh, the Bulldogs are three dollars thirty, um, so not fantastic. Look, I'm going to go for the over/under on the points in this one. I actually think the points are going to be under fifty point five, and that's at a dollar eighty. And I reckon that's your best bet because it's a bit of a tough one to pick what's going to happen. I think the Bulldogs are going to be pretty motivated to um to get a win here because there are, there are a couple of wins um, outside the the second worst team, and they're going to be trying to avoid the spoon. This last game of the round, though, this is a big one. The Sharks vs. Knights. And I say it's a big one because the Knights have a lot of really good super coach options that are in a really good matchup here against the Sharkies. I liked Kalen Ponga as a captaincy option last week. He was not terrible, but he wasn't as good as what we hoped. 71 points last week against the Broncos. You hope for more. Uh, But having said that, I didn't think it was that disappointing when you have a look at the game. If you're watching it, he didn't really get a lot of ball. He didn't get a lot of opportunity. And that's 71 points. He only had uh, the the one try assist, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and he didn't really get a lot of work in there either. So his 71 is really... That's the type of game that's really his flaw. And he still gave you 71 points. Against the Sharks this week, uh, every chance he could fire. It's really convenient, too, that it's the last game of the round. So you can basically VC anybody all round and have Ponga as the C, so it gives you a lot of really good VC options. He played the Sharkies in Round 6. He scored 163 points against them. That was when the Sharks were a lot better than what they are now. Uh, They've got a lot of players out now that weren't in Round 6, and all of a sudden, you know, the Sharkies are are really on tilt and not looking that good. They had to win last week's game and play well, and look, they really didn't play well. Uh, It was a pretty, it was a bludger of a game. Uh, and they've got the Wolf Chambers controversy as well. He's been dropped, and there's, you know, some animosity within the team reported. Look, you know, Newcastle need to fire, and this is the perfect game for him to do it. 163 points in round six for Ponga. I think he's a great captaincy option this week, and a lot of people will be put off because they were burning against the Broncos last week. So it's a really good opportunity to get a big ton off Ponga, uh, and I, I think it might be coming this week, his best one that he's going to have for the next month of footy. Other guys on this hit start for the Newcastle Knights, Watson looks like he just has to be sad at the moment. He's got a three-round average of 44, five-round of 58, um, and that includes a big ton in round 16. He's just not playing that well lately. 36 and 24 points the last two weeks. No coincidence that it also half coincides with Pierce coming back and also with Ponga as well. I, I don't think that he's, he's going to be a good option to be starting um, now. Another guy that's interesting is Barnett. He's back on the edge at the moment, and he's been playing pretty well. He looks like a guarantee for 60-plus each week. Against this Sharks edge, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a try. So certainly with how he's going, and back on the edge, Barnett's a definite starter. Another guy that's back is Brayley. So Brayley had a break last week, a rest. Uh, He's back for this week. And look, a lot of teams have been benching him, uh, especially we've got the two hookers. A lot of teams have been benching him um, and just playing a Cook or or, or a grand if you've managed to put that trade together, something like that. Um Brayley is a is a pretty good start this week, I reckon. He scored fifty seven points in round six, which is no, nothing fantastic. But going up against his brother, the two Brayley brothers at Hooker going head to head. Uh considering the Knights should dominate this game, I really like that one. I'm I'm sure that he gets up for his games against his brother. Uh and low key it could be time for him to score a try because he scored three tries in the first ten games. Uh and the ten since he scored none. So this could be the one where he goes over again or at least gets some attack, which has been really lacking the second half of this season so far. So, don't mind starting him at all. Uh, for the Sharky side, there isn't really a lot to talk about with them. Uh, let's move on to the Top Sport Better of the Week to finish up on this one. I'm obviously giving away my hand. I really like the Newcastle Knights. They're paying $1.50 at the moment on Top Sport. You can get them minus six and a half at $1.85 for the line to win seven plus. Really like that one as well. I think they're pretty good bets, and I wouldn't be surprised if Ponga doesn't go over for a try as well. Guys, that's the podcast for this week. Round 22. It looks like absolute carnage again, but... At least this week, there is some really, really big matchups, and there's some chance for some really big points. I think last week it was sort of a thousand to twelve hundred type of range in the scores. I think this week, twelve hundred is going to be a low score. I reckon we're going to have a twelve hundred to fifteen fifty type of range because we're going to get some big tons this week. So make sure that you do your research, make sure that you have a look at your vice captain and, and captain options really carefully, and especially your sit and start. That's going to be huge this week because there's some massive matchups. Good luck with it all. Next week, I'll have Billy back on board so the two of us can have a chat and you can listen to both of us instead of just me dribbling on. But otherwise, make sure that you do follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore SC Stars. and make sure that you do hit subscribe or listen on Spotify, iTunes and also available on SoundCloud. Top Sport, great partner of the All-Stars podcast, your promo code is SC all Stars if you want to get an account with them. Gamble responsibly. Good luck with everything this week, guys. Can't wait to chat footy again next week for Round 23. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. And all that Only stars break the mold.